Good morning and welcome to Sunday Morning with Love and Action. I am Ken Tuck. Thank you for joining me today. I hope your weekend is going well. We are quickly coming up on the last quarter of 2021. Kind of hard to believe. I know coming into this year, we had all hoped and prayed that this year would go a lot different than it has as the pandemic kind of slowed down and then the Delta variant came out and it picked back up. And it's just been a very, very hard year. It's been a very traumatic year for many. But one thing we have to remember is that we have to persevere. Jesus tells us to persevere. Those who persevere to the end, well, we're going to see amazing things that Jesus will do in our lives. And then when the end comes, we'll see him face to face. So I just want to encourage you, however this year has been going for you, God loves you and he is still in control. And any hurts, any pains that you have, just go to him with them. Let the healing of the Holy Spirit move upon your heart and let him just bless you. Let him love on you. Let them start to mend those hurts. If this has been a good year for you, then just praise God for it. Just give him praise in the good times and in the bad times. That's what we have to do. And also in this world where it's just become so dark in so many different ways, as believers, we we have to be the light. We have to reflect the light of Jesus Christ and let his light shine through us in this dark world. Because, you know, the darker it is, the brighter that light's going to shine. So let Jesus shine in your life and let others know about this great God that we serve and how much he loves each and every one of us. Well, we took a break last week from the 50 Commands of Christ as we had Brother Pierre Lucian with Give Us Hope Mission on air with us. Just love Pierre so much and his wife, Lori. They've been wonderful brothers and sisters and ministry partners over the years. And if you missed that interview, if you missed that program last week, I encourage you to check out our Love in Action podcast. You can find it on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcast, pretty much anywhere you find your podcast, you'll find the Love in Action podcast there. So go back and check it out. A lot of things God is doing in the country of Haiti, despite the earthquake and the tropical storms that they've received, God is just moving amongst the people, saving souls and meeting needs. So I really encourage you to go back and listen to that one. We're going to pick back up on the 50 commands of Christ today. We're going to start with number 16 and we'll see how far we get. And just want to encourage you, if you can, to take notes. It's really cool if you can have a index card and you can write these commands down in the key verse with each command. That's what we do at Love and Action when we teach this. It's something easy for you to hold on to. You can put it on your refrigerator or wherever is convenient for you to see it so you can go back over these commands Jesus gives us because he tells us in the Great Commission to teach others all that he's, all that he's obeyed us. And so we need to know them so we can obey them and so we can teach others to obey them. So that's why we're doing this study, and I I hope it's blessing you. I hope you're getting a lot out of it. And before we start out with number 16, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and we give you praise. God, we give you honor. We give you glory. We thank you for loving us like you do. Nobody loves us like you, Father. And God, we thank you. Father, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Thank you for the salvation that you give us, Lord. We thank you for your Holy Spirit and ask you to guide us and direct us by your Spirit. Holy Spirit, as we open up the Word today, we ask you to teach us, lead us and guide us into all truths. And I pray, God, that we will be doers of your Word and not hearers only. Father, just lift up everybody who's listening this morning. Father, you know right where they're at. You know what's going on in all of our lives. And Father God, those who are struggling, those who have lost loved ones, Just pray for comfort, for peace, 
And Father, for those who you know, they even have questions, God, I just pray they'll call out to you and ask you. And Father, we may not always understand everything, but we can understand and know that you are Lord of all, Jesus, and you are in control, and we can trust you. So Father, I just thank you again for this time to be in your word as we go over your commands, Lord Jesus. Help us to apply them. Help us to be obedient. God, we read throughout your word every time your people are obedient to you. You do amazing things through them and in them. And so, God, we're praying for that. So, Father, we praise you, we thank you, and we love you. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Commandment number 16 is judge not. Now, this is one that gets taken out of context a whole lot. Because how many times have you heard people say, and we may have even said it ourselves, don't judge me. You've probably heard that before. Let's talk about this command. And let's start by reading it first in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. Judge not that you be not judged, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So Jesus is telling us not to judge one another. Now what he's saying there is don't be hypocritical in our judgments. The MacArthur Commentary says about this verse, As the context reveals, this direction does not prohibit all types of judging. We are supposed to exercise a righteous kind of judgment with careful discernment. Hypocritical, self-righteous, or other kinds of unfair judgment are forbidden. But in order to fulfill the commandments that follow, it is necessary to discern. Let's don't be hypocritical in our judgments of one another. And the judgments that we do have, well, it needs to come from the Word of God. We know what the Word of God says about sin. And if we see somebody who is walking in sin and and they're a brother or sister of ours, we need to talk to them and say, hey, look, I'm not prying, but I love you. I care about you. And it's obvious that you're struggling with this certain type of sin and just want to let you know I'm praying for you. I'm not judging you and I'm here for you. So we don't need to be hypocritical, but we need to still be able to see what's going on in our lives as well as in others' lives, and especially if it's a brother or sister in the Lord, to help them not to follow down a path that they really don't want to go to, which would be away from God. We need to be able to receive help when somebody's trying to help us like that. So Jesus says, do not judge. Let's read the Gospel of Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. Matthew 18, 21 through 35. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle his accounts with the servants. And he began to settle. One was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, His master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me. I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. 
Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt, because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant, as I had mercy on you? And in anger his master delivered him to the jailers, until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you, if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. We've heard it said, by what measure we judge, we will be measured by. And some people say, well, that's just a cliche. But we have to think about it. When we judge others, do we set ourselves up to be judged exactly the same way? Look at the example here with the servant, the wicked servant. The master forgave him a huge debt that he would never been able to pay back. And then he went out after receiving that forgiveness from a judgment that he did deserve. And he went the exact opposite on a fellow servant. And he ended up receiving the punishment he rightly should have received to begin with. So let's look at Revelations 22 verse, Revelation 22 verse 12 says, Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. So the verse above describes the way God will judge all of us in his final judgment. However, Jesus adds in Matthew chapter 7 verses 1 and 2 that if we judge others, in other ways, this improper judgment will also be applied to us. See, we got to be careful in this, right? we got to be careful when we're judging others. Things like judging someone by the color of their skin or by the lack of education or physical disability, they're bad habits, even though we may have similar habits ourselves. Their spiritual maturity, that people judge that often, or just by their being different from us. People get judged and are judged in so many unfair ways. Have you ever seen people judge just because of the way they dressed? And that's not what Jesus tells us to do at all. Jesus looks at our hearts. He looks at what's on the inside, not about how we're dressed or how we looked or what race we are or what part of this world we're from or how much or how little we have in our bank account. The thing is, Jesus loves us all the same. So we don't need to be judging one another And we see a lot of that in today's world. That's why there's so much hatred, because people are judged by the color of their skin, by the political party they like, by the football team they like, or by the education or lack of education that people have. And it shouldn't be that way. Jesus does not want us judging one another like that. So then the question comes of when, if ever, should we criticize or judge someone else? Well, a Christian must not judge hypocritically. We've talked about that. We should not judge self-righteously, and we've talked about that. We have to use discernment, but understand that discernment and sentencing are two different things. Sentencing is when we look at somebody, and because they're dressed a certain way, we immediately pass judgment on them. We haven't talked to them. We don't know them. We just judge them. Now, discernment is different. We have to evaluate character of each other and we need, because we need to determine, hey, is that person a wolf in sheep's clothing or is that a false prophet or is somebody just a foolish man? And the Word of God tells us to do that. So Scripture often exhorts us to test everything. We see that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21, where we're told to test everything. We need to evaluate carefully and choose between good and evil people. We need to do that because... We want to be around people who are going to lift us up, who's going to encourage us in the Lord, and people who we can encourage in the Lord. Now, there's also a time when we've got to be around people who are not living for Jesus so we can tell them about Jesus, so they can have an opportunity to come to the Lord. 
But don't just sentence somebody with the first look. The old saying, don't judge the book by its cover. Well, we don't need to do that. We need to have discernment. And when we're doing that, we can discern if somebody's living for Jesus or not. Is this somebody we want to constantly hang out with? Because those that we are with the most, that's how we're going to end up acting like. So who are we hanging out with? Now, again, we have to go out and we have to reach people. But as far as that group that we are constantly around, we really need to be around other believers who are learning to be disciples, who are making disciples, who are telling people about Jesus, and who will encourage us and who we can encourage as well. So remember, have discernment. Don't sentence somebody at first look. Number 17, do not throw pearls to pigs. Do not throw pearls to pigs. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? So what are we talking about here? Well, let's go to Matthew chapter 7, verse 6. Jesus says, Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. This is an interesting command, interesting piece of scripture here that may lead many to wonder, what does this really mean? Dogs. What's Jesus talking about here with dogs? Well, dogs in the street were held at low esteem back in those days, and pigs were... Well, they were richly unclean, according to God's word in Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 8. If you touch such an animal, you became ceremonial unclean at that time and in the Jewish faith. When you were ceremonially unclean, you could, uh, unclean, you could not go to the temple to worship. So Jesus uses this vivid example to say that holy teachings should not be given to unholy, to disinterested people. Teaching others about the kingdom of God should be given in accordance with the spiritual capacity, interest, and maturity of the learner. Part about pigs and pearls. So can pigs digest pearls? Well, what if you provide indigestible biblical wisdom to the wrong person at the wrong time? That's what happens when wisdom is given to the wrong person at the wrong time. It goes in one ear and out the other. But as the NIV Life Application Bible says, we should not stop giving God's word to unbelievers, but we should be wise and discerning in what we teach to whom, so that we will not be wasting our time. And this is so true, and of course it is because Jesus said it, but it's so true. And at Love and Action, we're constantly sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with people. We do outreaches. We have ministry time on campus where we are reaching out to people with the Word of God and encouraging people with the Word of God and, and sharing the saving gospel of Jesus Christ with people. But then there's time for discipleship. Discipleship teaching is when people who are really want to dig into the Word of God. They want to know what God is saying to us and want to be able to live how, you know, and obey God's word, live how he wants us to live. And so when I tell people about discipleship, I make it very clear that, look, this is for those who want more of God in their lives and are ready to be obedient. And if you're not there yet, then you really don't need to be in this class right now. But we want you to be at a point where you're ready to come. Because see, the thing is, is I don't want to waste their time or my time teaching. And if they're ready to listen, they're ready to learn, then I am all about teaching people. And I do, and we do at Love and Action. We really do a lot with discipleship. And a matter of fact, we're soon going to have a really exciting announcement about how our discipleship program is really going to expand. And we want people to become 
disciples of Christ and learn how to make other disciples. But not everybody is at that point. And so when you're teaching, when you're discipling somebody, you want that person to really take it in. And that's how Jesus did it when he was here on this earth. If you read the Gospels, when he starts having these really big crowds, large crowds following him, many are there just for what they would say is the show. They want to see people healed and set free, but they don't really want to obey Jesus and they don't really want to follow him. So he would say tough things at that time. And there's different points where he'll say, look, if you're going to follow me, you must pick up your cross and follow me. And different things like that, which were really hard teachings. And then people would disperse. And, and those who were left were ones who were really sold out to Jesus and really wanted to learn more and to truly follow him. And that's how we have to take this verse saying, don't give dogs what is holy and do not throw your pearls before pigs lest they trample them underfoot and turn around and attack you. So we have to think about these things. And these verses we're about to read now, just kind of think about how these verses help you to know when and where to cast our biblical pearls before people. Let's check out a couple of verses here. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. So here we're saying we need to always be ready to share the gospel. We need to always be ready to make a defense to anyone who asks a reason for our hope. So in other words, we we need to be ready at all times to share, to share the gospel, to share what Jesus has done in our lives, to let people know why we have this great hope And also, it says that when you are slandered, (laughs) it's not if you get slandered, but when you get slandered, then those who come against you, they're really going to look foolish because you've just been sharing Christ. You've been doing what Jesus has told you to do. If they turn on you, others are going to see what's going on and not listen to those people. Then in Matthew chapter 13, verses 45 and 46, Jesus says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who... On finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Here's what the MacArthur Bible study says about this parable. It says, this parable is a picture of salvation that is something hidden from most people, but so valuable that people who have, who have it revealed to them are willing to give up all they have to possess it. And that's really when we come to Jesus, we realize how awesome he is. We're willing to give up whatever, our whole lifestyle, to follow him. Because we realize we have found the Messiah, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Son of God, the Savior of our soul, and we want to live for him. And so we're willing to to give it all to follow him. Number 18, Jesus tells us to ask, seek, and knock. Ask, seek, and knock. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. Jesus says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. This command emphasizes that we must be persistent in pursuing God. We see that when he says, Ask, seek, knock. That's being persistent, isn't it? Ask, seek, knock. Don't give up on one or two tries. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking at the door of Jesus. And the original Bible language states that these verbs are in a tense that makes 
a continual action. So in the Greek, when it was written, the verb tense here is a continual action. So we're ask, keep asking. We're knocking, keep knocking. We're seeking, keep seeking. Knowing God takes faith, focus, and follow through. And Jesus tells us it will be rewarded. Because we see that there, don't we? In verse 8, for everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be open. So be persistent continually to ask and seek and knock, and we will be rewarded for doing that. This is restated in several places in Scripture, but none clearer than in John chapter 15, verses 7 through 8. Let's read that. Jesus says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Note the verse's statement here on why our prayers are answered. They're answered to glorify God, not for self-greed or to puff us up or anything like that. It clearly states that when these prayers are answered, that God is glorified. And that's awesome. And that's how it should be. Luke repeated this exact same command as we just read in Matthew, but it followed It was followed by a parable about a friend in need in the middle of the night. Then after the command, Jesus asked the rhetorical question, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? And concludes with, How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? What do you tend to pray about? For what are you reluctant to pray about? You know, there's some things people are uncomfortable praying about. Some people are uncomfortable praying about themselves, which we shouldn't be. We need to pray for ourselves. We definitely need to pray for others. And if you have, if you ever had this thought or even teaching that, hey, some things God's just too busy for. It's not important. Don't even pray to him about that. Well, hogwash. God's concerned about everything we are. Nothing is too big for God and nothing is too small for God. He wants us to come to him and he wants us to ask him for things just like a father an earthly father would i remember when i was a child and i would go to my father and ask him for something i didn't always get what i asked for because there are some things my dad knew i didn't need and same way for our heavenly father there's some things he knows if we had would ruin our life so he's not going to give it to us If we keep seeking after him, the more we live for Jesus, the more we seek after him, the more that our prayers align with his will in our lives. And when I think about this scripture about asking and seeking and knocking, I think about a good brother of mine who I've shared about a number of times here on Sunday morning with Love and Action, but that was Rick Denny, a precious brother in the Lord who, when I first met him, he was homeless and he was an alcoholic. But God got a hold of his life and totally changed his life. And one day, one night, he was ran over by a freight train here in Dothan, literally a freight train he was ran over. The miracle, as he would always tell me, was that it didn't kill him. <laughs> and Because when, when he called me and told me what had happened, I was like, you got hit by what? Because I was thinking, if you hit by a freight train, I'm not talking to you right now. But he was. And to make a long story short, the... Doctors told him he, he wouldn't walk again because his, his hips were crushed and he couldn't walk. He couldn't stand. But we prayed, and we asked God to heal him. And many people kept praying. And I remember Rick telling us, I know God has healed me. 
I'm just waiting on the physical proof. And that physical proof came. God did heal him, and he did walk again for the rest of his life. He's now in heaven. He's with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ now. But that was a true miracle, and I just remember the power of prayer that we saw and seeing a true miracle right in front of our eyes. So we need to be consistent. We need to ask and knock. We need to seek. And don't be afraid about praying about this or that. God wants us to come to him with all things. And so let's go to him with all things. And we're going to stop right there. We will pick up with number 19 next week. But before we sign off, I want to ask you, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you ever given your life to him? If you haven't, then I want to encourage you to do this. Just start talking to him. Call out to him. Because Jesus is right there with you. You can't see him, but he's there. And I encourage you to tell him, Jesus, I I realize I need you. And I don't know everything there is to know, but I, I know that much. And I believe that you died on that cross, just like Scripture tells me. And I believe that on the third day, God, you raised Jesus from the dead. And I want to give you my life. I want to ask you to forgive me of my sins and I want to repent of my sins and and turn from my ways and turn to you. And I just ask you to help me live for you every day of my life. Fill me with your spirit. I love you, Jesus. Just pray something like that. Call out to him today because he loves you and he is waiting to save you because he wants you to be with him forever. That's why he came to earth so we can go be with him in heaven. So I just encourage you to do that. If you have any questions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to contact me. You can call us at Love and Action at 334-494-4995. That's 334-494-4995. You can also email me at ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. Ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. If you have made that decision, I would love to give you some next steps so you can draw closer to God. Your walk with Jesus can be stronger. So please contact me and let me know. I would love to hear from you. If you are a believer, let me encourage you. Let Jesus move in your life and through your life and fulfill his great commission. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, where Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all I have commanded you, and I am with you always to the end of the age. See, we can do this because Jesus is always with us, and he empowers us with his Holy Spirit. Like he tells us in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, before he ascends to heaven, he says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my disciples, Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, to the end of the earth. So we are filled with this Holy Spirit. He is always with us. Therefore, we can be his witnesses. We can make disciples, baptize new believers, and teach people to obey all that he's commanded us to obey. So just want to encourage you to do that and just Go to Matthew 28, 18 through 20, and just read that and just pray on that this week and let the Holy Spirit just really touch you, speak to you, 
and be a doer of his word and not a hearer only. If you don't know much about Love in Action, let me encourage you to visit our website at loveinactionministries.com, loveinactionministries.com. We're located at 279 West Main Street in downtown Dothan. Come out and visit us. If you want to volunteer, come out and, and check it out. Our schedule on, is on our website, and just see what time and day you can come, and come on out, and we'll show you what we do, and just jump in and join us. If you'd like to give a financial gift to Love in Action, it's tax deductible, and again, our address, I'll give you our P.O. Box address. It's P.O. Box 85, Dothan, Alabama, 36301, P.O. Box 85, Dothan, Alabama, 36301. You can also give securely via PayPal and also the Venmo app. And all that information is also on our website. I encourage you to follow us on Facebook. Like our Facebook page and follow us there. We do a lot of updates on the Facebook page. The website's a landing spot for you to learn more about us. Facebook is where we put a lot of updates. So come and check us out there. But most of all, most importantly of all, know that Jesus loves you and that Jesus is Lord. And I pray that God bless you and keep you May cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.